Blog Talk Radio. Good evening. This is Dr. Simon. A frightened Dr. Simon, and maybe a paranoid Dr. Simon, who really hadn't planned to do a show tonight. Uh, my next show that was scheduled will be on uh, climate change, stories of climate change. And I'll have a guest, uh, Elliot Weinstock, who is an uh, eminent scientist, worked for many, many years, uh, has a Ph.D. and worked for many years at Harvard Research, uh, dealing with the, the ozone layer and greenhouse effects uh, and the kind of things that are happening in terms of climate change and what we can do about it and the dangers we already face and will face even if we start to do something about it. But I went to a Democratic club last night meeting. Um, I don't tend to go to uh, many meetings. Monday night uh, on the first of the month we have those meetings. And normally I play bridge, and I'm very happy to uh, go play some cards. I don't play a lot of cards, but a friendly game of bridge sort of keeps the little gray cells in my head working. And I enjoy the companionship, and it's a couple of very pleasant hours. But from now until after the election next November, I will be very involved because uh, what I see happening in the country, uh, the fear I have of some of the individuals running on the Republican side, I don't have to be particularly happy with the Democratic ticket, but I find them uh, heads and shoulders above in terms of sanity, in terms of uh, intelligence, in terms of of uh, uh, the the technical ability to run a country uh, and create necessary programs, uh, be they defense or economic, uh, go along with climate change and and recognize the the dangers that we're in and maybe do something about it. Um, But what I heard last night at the uh, Democratic Club meeting uh, so upset me and so frightened me, I decided to uh, go on the air tonight Partly, this is catharsis for me. Partly, uh, it's a responsibility, I feel, to get this information out and get people thinking, no matter how few or how many hear me. Uh, I'm starting to think that when my uh, kids come down over December, uh, I'm going to have them help me uh, really deal with uh, uh, Facebook and Twitter uh, and increase my listenership because... Uh, maybe I'm an egomaniac as well as a paranoiac, but I feel that my broadcasts uh, are thought-provoking and uh, uh, have some uh, merit, and I'd like to see them spread, particularly one that I'm going to do tonight. The speaker list, the topic last night was guns and gun control, um, and the speaker was a young man by the name of Dave Kerner who is a representative in the uh, Florida uh, House of Representatives. Uh, He's the ranking member, Democratic member, of the Judiciary Committee. It's important to note that uh, the Republicans control two to one over the Democrats. And he was making us aware of uh, three bills, one of which I was familiar with, uh, and two more that I had no idea and I'm going to go through them, because, but they were, they were so horrifying and so mystifying uh, that uh, these could be voted out of committee. Uh, the, the first bill uh, was an upgrading of the stand-your-ground uh, rule, 
which allows an individual who's carrying a gun, and it's legal for people to carry guns, concealed guns, uh, in Florida if they have a license for the gun, and almost anybody can get a legal gun. Um, it, it allows somebody who feels threatened to pull their gun and fire it. Uh, the idea of this, again, pushed by the NRA, uh, who will penalize heavily any Republican and go after any Democrat who tries to do anything in any way about controlling guns or putting a, what I consider a sane process together uh, so that uh, we could reduce the slaughter that's going on now, both terrorist and non-terrorist in the United States. Um, it allows that person to say, I'm not running away because I'm armed and I can defend myself. Why should the bad guy uh, win when I can shoot him? And it makes it very difficult in many cases to prosecute individuals uh, on the stand your ground um, because uh, it's he said, she said, and what might look like a, an overt murder uh, or involve race or, or some kind of other uh, heinous crime uh, suddenly has an element of respectability, of legality to it, because the individual claims he was firing because he felt his life was threatened. And I'm not really going to go into that uh, piece of chaos. Uh, for the people who read newspapers and follow this, you can see how many of these cases uh, are racially motivated, uh, end up uh, innocent kids being uh, uh, shot. I mean, the, the case of the, the one recently of a young boy who was riddled with bullets with his, a man who didn't like their music. Uh, and he, he was prosecuted and found guilty of murder. Uh, so, but the new law, uh, which uh, Kerner said he was able, with the help of some Republicans who feel that these bills uh, shouldn't be put into effect, uh, uh, would have really strongly uh, created difficulty for any uh, prosecutor to get a conviction on stand your ground defenses. In fact, if he was could not prove. Uh, that the stand-your-ground defense was merely bogus, was, was uh, really uh, an excuse to, to create mayhem and murder, he could be fined by the court $200,000. Now, I mean, that is inconceivable, that the prosecutor uh, could be fined. It literally, according to Kerner, uh, who himself is a, an officer of the law, he's a cop, um, uh, was raised with guns, knows guns, uh, very much in, in favor of Second Amendment uh, rights um, uh, and, and gun ownership. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, because he's a cop and he recognizes the threat of all of these things, especially when I get to it in a moment, to police officers, to everybody, the kind of chaos that this stand your ground is producing uh, and what would happen if you really had difficulty investigating and prosecuting crimes uh, thereby rewarding people for doing murder. Now, certainly an individual who wants to and needs to defend himself should be able to do this. But to be able to turn the law on its head, totally favoring uh, or offsetting the ability of a person to create murder 
and get away with it simply by invoking the words, uh, I stood my ground because I felt my life was threatened, uh, was something uh, that creates precedent uh, that most law enforcement uh, do not want to see. The second um, is even where it starts to get bizarre. And by the way, I'm going to read the, the numbers of these bills. Um, the expand stand your ground legislation so that criminal defendants who plead the defense of SYG are entitled to previously unheard of protections from prim- criminal prosecution is HB 169. Uh, one of the things that's important is that I go through this thing, you don't think I'm joking or my paranoia isn't uh, that I am looking at something that really doesn't exist. This is really stuff that does exist. The second bill, and and, um, let me me find the page in this this, uh, handout that I got, uh, is HB 163. And that expands the right to carry a firearm so that any licensed gun owner can openly carry his or her firearm in public. Now, think about this. Policemen, it was explained to us, uh, have special holsters, and they have a good deal of training in getting their gun out so they know the four difficult moves to rapidly remove their uh, pistol from their holster so that nobody can grab the gun out of their holster. Uh, And it really gives him pause uh, and sense of responsibility uh, before he removes that gun. And he learns to chain, turn his body away from a suspect or somebody he is uh, interrogating so that they can't grab the gun. None of this will exist under the new bill. An individual can carry any gun... even in his hand or her hand, he could walk down the street with a pistol or a rifle or an AK-47 or other assault weapons. The only legal restriction is that as he walks down the street, he points the gun towards the ground. The barrel can't be pointed towards anyone. Now, I want you to imagine this. Because I have real trouble getting my mind around it. An individual or individuals can walk into a mall, a theater, anywhere they want, and can no longer be stopped by a security guard for bringing in a rifle, an assault weapon, multiple guns. He may have the gun uh, tucked into his uh, holster, which will not be a protective holster, or in his gun belt, or actually walking around carrying the gun. Now, I think about this. This individual walks in. What does the crowd of people in a mall, or a theater, or a restaurant do when they see a man walking around with an AK-47? What kind of panic will ensue? But more than that, how many other guns are in the room And how many other individuals think they're the good guy who are going to protect themselves and everybody else from the bad guy and begin shooting? 
This is going to happen if this law passes. And by the way, uh, Mr. Kerner believes it will pass. And the governor here, Rick Scott, uh, 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 an individual I won't even begin to talk about because uh, contempt will, will just fill my voice. Um, th this, in, this will happen. Uh, they'll be signed into law. And the best will not be walking around with these guns. It will be individuals uh, who probably should be labeled mentally ill or disturbed in many cases who will bring the guns out. No lives will be saved. Lives will be taken. This is going to be a, a situation that will produce social chaos. Uh, other states have stand your ground and other states are considering similar legislation because this is a concerted effort by the NRA to get uh, guns into the hands of everyone. And a little bit while later, I'll give you my paranoid interpretation of why I think this is being done. But just think for a moment, if you're listening to this, would you go to the mall if you thought that people could be walking around uh, heavily armed? Would you uh, consider sitting in a theater if you could see people with guns? What are the fantasies of individuals who have guns? Um, everybody in, their in this world has tools. Uh, I sit in front of my computer now, and when I do some writing, I have a fantasy of writing something wonderful. Uh, in this case, I have a fantasy uh, of, of doing a show that goes viral, uh, that helps people, that helps me uh, in many ways. Um, it's a fantasy. Uh, it pleases me, comforts me, uh, makes me feel good about myself. An individual who has a good tool set will fantasize about uh, building things that are beautiful, will make plans to do so. An individual uh, uh, who, like myself, has a set of golf clubs, fantasizes about the best round he'd ever play uh, with this set, and fantasizes about finding new clubs that will make that best round even better. Human beings fantasize about their tools what are the fantasies of individuals who start carrying guns, who are already carrying guns, but now will stroll into a mall or down a crowded street carrying uh, a loaded weapon, uh, maybe even an assault weapon, a military-grade weapon? What are those fantasies? Nobody buys tools without the fantasy, without the wish to use them. I make that as a categorical statement as a psychologist and as a person. People think about using their tools. And when the tools are weapons of destruction, the fantasy is about using them, about being a hero or maybe a villain, right? saving lots of people, but when that shooting starts, anybody and everyone can be the victim. Anyone and everyone. Particularly, and I add this to, to my, my melodramatic fantasy about what, my, what will, I do believe, will go on. What happens 
when the individual who really is the terrorist opens fire and has had military training. If you don't have military training or police training, you don't know how you're going to react. The fantasy and the reality will be very, very different. I, I could just think about a dozen guns going off in a crowded theater, everybody shooting at everybody who else who has a gun, and the people who will be later considered collateral damage as this battle goes on. And this is being promoted by the, the uh, NRA, who has enough money to really punish any Republican legislator to, uh, uh, who refuses to go along with it. They get a low NRA rating. Uh, the gun owners, who, uh, especially those who, uh, whose lives are predicated on the, the fantasy of the gun and the ownership of the gun, who see this as, as uh, you know, their, their last stand to keep America free, will immediately vote against that individual. And whenever an ardent group goes against you and you don't have a good turnout of people who are for you, you can lose. Ads will come out, said Mr. Kerner, said Dave Kerner, uh, that will show him, show a soldier, a wounded soldier, that will say that Dave Kerner is against allowing this soldier to defend himself. A girl crying might be shown and it'll say Dave Kerner did not allow this girl to protect herself when she was raped. He said this is going to happen. He is willing to take his chances with it, well, particularly because he's a Democrat, uh, and, and he, he, he's seen as a, a very important, viable candidate for Democrats who feel as I do. But uh, it could hurt him with crossover Republicans, with moderates, uh, people will appeal, will respond to these visceral, visceral uh, ads uh, and add a few more votes to those who are the ardent fans of the guns, and the result can be a, a loss of, of a, a job. And since I believe politicians want to keep their jobs like anybody else, uh, maybe even more than anybody else, uh, they succumb. Uh, they justify it, said Kerner, by passing it on uh, to the next committee, uh, hoping it won't get a vote on the floor that somebody will stop it, or uh, maybe the president or the governor or somebody will veto it, and uh, they can keep their NRA rating. These NRA people are really powerful. But let me get to the third bill, because the third bill was the one that kept me up last night. And this is HB 4001. Expand the right to carry a firearm on college campus, including students, staff, and visitors. <coughs> Did you hear me? Did you hear me? Now, if the second bill passes and this bill passes, students can carry weapons on campus any type of weapon, and they won't even have to hide it. <clears throat> they can wear it on, an out hip, on, a, on their hip. They can carry it into the classroom. They can take an AK-47 onto the campus. I want you to think about the same kinds of firefights that could take place. 
What do the campus police, who are terrified of this bill, as are all the police organizations who have begged Scott, who are begging the Republicans not to pass this horrendous bill, what do they do? Do they stand by and watch kids walk onto campus with loaded guns in full view? What does the professor do? What do when, when a student he knows doesn't like him, who disagrees with his views, what does he do in a classroom in which one, two, three, a half a dozen, any number of students are sitting armed to the teeth? What do the students do as they look around the room and see other students? Do they know what their motives are? Is their fantasy that, ah, they can open fire on another student because that student looks like a bad guy who wants to shoot the professor or shoot up the classroom? Can we have a firefight under these circumstances in a, in a, a college lunchroom, in a dorm, in a classroom? What does this do to the educational process? I can tell you as a professor for 40 years, it ends it. If you're a parent, by the way, I should add, this would only affect public colleges. Right? Public colleges. Private colleges can still, like a private homeowner, can say, you can't come into my house with a gun. Um, private still have protection to keep this chaos and potential chaos. Uh, what I see is sheer hideousness and irresponsibility, venality, uh, uh, and indecency off their campus. This is the death of public education. It is. How can anybody teach? How can there be free discussion, heated discussion, if this kind of stuff is going on? If somebody can walk into a room with complete legality, holding an assault weapon or loaded pistol or pistols. What happens at a frat party? What happens when kids get licked up? What happens when kids get angry at each other? What happens at a sporting event with opposing teams when there's a lot of passion? Uh, we have stories about uh, football and baseball games where uh, people of uh, the opponent, uh, the fans of the opponent, opponent team, opposite team get beaten up, get into fistfights with each other? Will we now have firefights in stadiums, private stadiums, college stadiums? The whole thing is so incomprehensible to me. I can't imagine any rational individual saying this is a good idea and will lead to protection. This is going to lead to chaos. This is going to lead to an increase in deaths. This is going to lead to a breakdown in civility. And certainly on the educational level, it's going to be a serious breakdown. I don't know, am I being paranoid? So far, I don't think so. But this led me to think really get paranoid. What's the goal of the NRA? Why should every man, woman, and child have guns, multiple guns? 
surely they're smart enough to know that this is going to lead to something very serious. Particularly in the light of the political process where somebody like Donald Trump stokes the fears and the hatreds of, in this case, Muslims, of Mexicans, who any group can be now turned into the enemy and if individuals are walking around with, with uh, uh, weapons, high-grade weapons, and see somebody who looks Muslim or looks Mexican and decides uh, that uh, they have some kind of uh, ulterior motive without any evidence and open fire on them. We live in very dangerous times. So what's the motive? When I raised this yesterday, most people agreed that there is a motive behind it. It's probably economic. These individuals who put this, up the money for this really want to sell as many guns as possible. But do they also want to make a profit and turn our society into a charnel house to turn our society into something uh, so ugly? Or do they want it to become ugly enough so that a Republican president or even a Democratic president would have no choice but to declare martial law? Particularly, and now my paranoia is really here, or maybe I'm not paranoid, maybe I'm prescient, maybe I'm just smart. Maybe the right wing, and I believe this is extreme right wing, doesn't want democracy. I have spoken in my, a number of my broadcasts. There are many people in this country who don't want democracy. And the individuals who become the enemies are the people who want and love democracy. People who tend to be liberal, people who tend to be progressive. And where do you have the largest concentrations of liberal and progressive individuals more than on college campuses. Where is more? Uh, where are more young people turned cosmopolitan, taught to think in terms of facts, taught to think critically than college campuses? Is the NRA a group, a right-wing group that's trying to destabilize the United States? destroy the production of, of, of uh, intelligent, educated, and liberal individuals. Certainly liberal now has become a dirty word, and it's vilified endlessly uh, uh, by the haters on radio and television, the haters who are running for president of the United States. Is this, in fact, the plot I use the word plot very carefully because maybe I am paranoid. Maybe there's no plot. But folks, I believe something terrible is going on. And for those of you who hear this and agree with me, we have to push back. We have to stand with those who hold that, yes, we have to protect ourselves from terrorists. We have to protect ourselves from villains but we have to not vilify whole groups of people and sink into a plot in which democracy will be the first casualty and we will be uh, organized into highly uh, 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 angry uh, bands of individuals, tribalism, 
uh, all carrying loaded AK-47s and assault weapons and other kinds of weapons of this mass destruction. We are at a crossroads. And I do this broadcast because I want to stay on the side of democracy. I want to defeat ISIS. I want to defeat anybody who wants to hurt Americans. What's interesting is that there was a headline this week, uh, I think it was the New York Post or the Daily News, that talked about Muslim killers after the San Bernardino killings. There was a killing, a mass shooting uh, in, um, where was it? Uh, uh, wherever was my mind just goes blank from these kinds of things. Uh, at, at a uh, Planned Parenthood center last week. Nobody put a headline and said, Christian killers. <clears throat> a killer is a killer. We don't do group guilt. I say this with passion because as a Jew, when this took place in Germany and other places, uh, we were slaughtered. Are we going to unleash a war on people of Muslim faith, of Mexican faith, of any faith, by highly armed operatives who appear to be normal American citizens but are funded by individuals who seek to destroy American democracy? Am I really far off? I don't know. I feel better for saying this. Well, I bought a really special dessert for my wife and I. I've done a half hour. I left 90 minutes because in the fantasy hope that maybe people would come on and discuss this with me. Um, I don't think it's going to happen. I don't usually have many people uh, listening. I get some nice follow-up uh, over, the, over the weeks and months after I've done a broadcast. Uh, I really have to do more to see if I can get some people uh, to sign on with me. I won't be alone on my next broadcast because Dr. Weinstock will be with me. And uh, that'll also be an interesting show, I think. I think most of my shows are thought out. And uh, I want to know the psychology of people who really carry guns and want uh, assault weapons. What's the psychology? Uh, I don't know too many people. I know gun holders, and I, many of them scare the hell out of me. Uh, some of the things that come out of their mouth are really very scary because they reflect an individual uh, who has a fantasy of being a savior by killing the enemy. And when a lot of people are walking around with guns, no one's going to know who the good guys are from the bad guys, and boy, will there be paranoia and, and, and a uh, tricky, uh, an itchy trigger finger to start firing. What? I think that's enough. I'm going to uh, shut my show down now. It's a little over 30 minutes, which is perfectly okay. I'm going to stay on the line here for another minute or so to see whether or not anybody wants to call in. Uh, maybe I'll open a chat. I don't do that often. Let's see. Let's see. If I launch a chat, what happens? If anybody's there. It's connecting, it's connecting, it's connecting, it's connecting. Loading the skin, loading language, blah, 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 blah. Uh, if anybody wants to write anything, 
It says, welcome to the stories we live by, chat room. Uh, I think this topic is interesting. I can't imagine anybody not being passionate about it. Certainly the people in the room last night and the Democrats uh, were rattled to their shoes by the, the nature of and the consequences of these bills that may very, very well be passed. Actually, by the intention that they should be passed is enough. Okay. Good night. Stay well. And as Edward R. Morrow, the great journalist, used to say, good luck.